0: You're listening to The Reality Show, hosted by Dan Rutstein, president of immersive tech company Laduna. Each episode delves deep into the power and potential of immersive technology in business, entertainment or sport, now and in the future.
1: Okay, I'm delighted to have for this week's guest Ashley Crowder from Ventana so as always on this podcast rather than me doing an elaborate introduction where I try and explain somebody else's product or technology we're going to do this the easy way Ashley welcome thank you please tell me what does Ventana do
0: Uh, So Ventana provides interactive holograms to help brands engage consumers. Uh, So we do that in two ways. One, we provide turnkey solutions, uh, which is hardware that projects holograms and software that makes it interactive uh, in stadiums, retail stores, trade shows, all those types of in-person consumer interaction spaces. Um, And then we have just started licensing our software that allows brands to render uh, high-end 3D objects of their products that can be used on their e-commerce site as well as in AR and VR devices today because uh, as we were providing all of these hologram solutions for companies, none of them had high-end 3D renders of their products to use and so we really realized that was the huge problem they're all facing and started uh, licensing our software to help them do that.
1: Brilliant, thank you. So uh, we're going to get into what how Venton is using the technology and how your customers using your technology but before we do let's go back let's go back to your story so you're the you're the ceo and co-founder of the company Um, so you were an engineering student at usc tell me how that turned into this
0: yeah so um i always loved building things uh and i hated writing so engineering was great Um, and uh you know i didn't i knew i always wanted to start my own company but i wasn't sure what so uh, you know, at USC, I right after I worked for Northrop Grumman for a bit um, wasn't exactly what I wanted. So then I moved to oil, and I worked at an oil refinery for three years. Wow. <laughs> um, and also, you know, not my passion, but I learned a lot. Um, and on were the... you
1: doing sort of traditional engineering as part of that? Was uh, any you... of it facing this immersive world?
0: Yeah, no, like tra- I was. Wearing a fireproof suit and working at a refinery every day (laughs) Um, And on the weekends I was uh, Programming light shows for DJs because that was way more interesting to me Um, And really that is what got me into the mixed reality space and it was how do we take these light shows to the next level? Um, no one was making money selling records anymore because of You know the internet Uh, they were making all their money doing live shows and so I was like you know you could do 10 shows at once if you wanted to and that's uh when we initially founded ventana with my co-founder ben it was on uh helping artists play multiple venues at the same time um so that's kind of how we, we started uh and so it's grown a lot from there <laughs>
1: so there was at that stage there was no mention of holograms this wasn't
0: it was holograms it okay. was uh, a dj could play 10 venues at the same time because their hologram would be projected at those other venues so Uh, We started out by building uh, the hardware to do holographic projection in a more easy and uh, scalable way. and then you know every hologram concert we did was sponsored by a brand and so we were like well you're paying us why do you like this technology (laughs) and it was all about how do you engage consumers um, and create this you know amazing experience branded experience for them Um, and so at that point we started building out our software platform to make it even more engaging and immersive um, and then also track data so that at the end of the day, we could tell the brand, this many people engage, here's how you can follow up with them, and it all syncs with your CRM system. So that was kind of, we just listened to who was actually footing the bill and why they wanted it and continued to build in that direction.
1: So before we talk about some of the things that Ventana does do, let's talk about some things that you don't do. Because if you stop a man or a woman in the street and say, hologram company, and particularly if you mention music, the first thing they'll think about is some of this technology where you're bringing back uh, an artist to life and Michael Jackson or whoever it is is going to be performing on a stage. Now that isn't. So we call those
0: digital resurrections. Um, We like to say we like to stick with the living. Um, We do license our hardware uh, to a number of different entertainment companies um, because it's really great for touring. But, But yeah, our focus is helping brands engage consumers. And so most of the hologram celebrities that we do are living endorsement deals. So uh, we just did a hologram of the Backstreet Boys for the Grammy Museum, so they will serenade you. It's a really fun experience. Yeah. Uh, we also this year did a hologram of Kobe uh, for the city of LA. He's a, he's a brand ambassador for the city and his hologram is touring around, inviting people to come. Um, so we do more of that type uh, and then Really, again, because it's all about engaging consumers, it's become a lot of holograms of products, showing them off, how they work, uh, giving people just a better idea of what they are.
1: Now, not I suppose it matters labels in some ways, but are you a hologram company? Are you an augmented reality company? Are you an immersive tech company? How do you define yourself in relation to those sorts of questions?
0: Um, we use the term mixed reality because we feel like it's all-encompassing. all, all encompassing. So while we have our own hardware for holographic projection, our software is display agnostic. So our software can power an experience on HoloLens, Magic Leap, or mobile AR. Um, so we like to use that general term. I mean, we, we started six and a half years ago, so to watch the... Definitions continually change over time has been very interesting. Uh, you know, I mean, a HoloLens says what they do is holograms, and that's a headset based uh, system. Uh, after Pokemon Go came out, everyone thought augmented reality meant you had to have a mobile phone in your hand. But really, augmented reality is just putting the digital into the real world, whether that's with a phone or a headset or, or other devices. So we're choosing the broadest, <laughs> the broadest word, which is mixed reality.
1: So when, when, when you started six and a half years ago, how, how many times have you had to pivot as either the technology moved forward or the consumers or brands became clever about what they're actually trying to do with your technology? How many times have you had to reinvent yourself in that time?
0: I, w- I wouldn't necessarily use the word pivot, but I would say, you know, it was reinventing the marketing and how we explained what we did. Uh, in the beginning, when we said holograms, people thought we were talking about the stickers that change when you move them. <laughs> and we had to say, no, Star Wars, Princess Leia, come to our office. Um so, so, and now we've moved to a point where last year 72 percent of our revenue was inbound through our website so people mm-hmm. are now looking for this this is you know the the market knows what holograms are they understand you know that the future is in 3d and and they're trying to jump on board and, and figure out ways to use this in, in their business so i'd say uh, you know the our customers have gotten more educated within the space, which is amazing. So it becomes a much easier conversation uh, versus you know six years ago, starting from stickers.
1: Uh, and, and when that <laughs> when, when with all these in-man leads, are they what are people googling to find you?
0: You know all all sorts of things. Um, but what's what's interesting is you know of course people think of the the traditional holograms that we do in stores the wow factor and then when they get into it they're realizing uh our data piece is what's so valuable so the fact that no matter where this hologram is whether it's in store on our hardware or on your mobile app or on your website uh we're tracking the data and that's what keeps them coming back
1: and, and you think that's one of the, the key setting points is that is that a more recent thing rather than let's do something really cool and fun and sexy. Is is that sustainability and the ROI? Is that something that's a more recent development as the customers become more informed?
0: No, we've been doing that for over three years. So that's, uh, you know, or four years now, I guess. So we really realized in the beginning when we realized brands were really our clients, we said, okay, why are you doing this? And what are your metrics that you need to meet? And, and listening to the CMOs and, and sometimes CTOs who purchase from us, Uh, you know, they they needed to engage their consumers, but they needed to show their boss it worked, right? (laughs) So at that point, that's really when we started doing all the data tracking. I'd say, you know, in the past two years, we released an API to sync with CRM systems. So that was huge because now our clients know our experience was tied directly to a sale. So for Lexus, for example, we've more than doubled their qualified leads at all the venues we've done for them. So that becomes a much easier... Resell process like we've helped you sell things okay let's do it again
1: <laughs> I, I just think so what, what was what did you do for lexus
0: yeah so lexus um we do a lot in their sports sponsorship locations so they have uh, the lexus courtside club and a number of stadiums and we created an interactive hologram car so with your swipe of your hand in the air just like minority report you can pick your color your rims your interior see yourself in the car uh, but then i know what car you want because you just designed it. Yep. Uh, and all that data, we sync back with the CRM. Um, and then we've also done some fun things. We have a car racing game uh, at a few of them. So you're racing an LC. Uh, so so it's all about kind of making it fun and, and engaging for the, the user. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's providing much higher conversion rates than that person standing with a clipboard next to a car.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I mean, I, I've known your company sort of on and off for a few years because when I was in the government, we used to talk to you about various things. And I think one of the times I saw you was at in Houston for the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. when you had an activation as part of the NFL Live, the big pre-Super Bowl stuff, and you were doing a a SpongeBob uh, showing there. Now, obviously, being involved in something related to the NFL for an American company is obviously a, a sign that you're a real company being taken seriously. Tell us about how you won that contract, and also what you did at that event.
0: Yeah, that was a really fun event uh, for Viacom, uh, who owns Nickelodeon. And so they had uh, the Nickelodeon zone for all the, the kids who were there. And we created an experience where you could throw a football to SpongeBob SquarePants or Patrick and do a touchdown dance. Uh, so really fun. So they got to see their hologram live next to SpongeBob. You do the experience. And, of course, you get a video to share because it didn't happen unless you shared it. Yeah. Um, and that's also more of the data that, that we collect. Um, yeah, and we've, we're we're a vendor of Viacom now. I mean, we work. I think that was maybe the first experience we did with them, and then we did a, a number of interactive hologram experiences at Comic Con uh, that following summer, which was fun for MTV, Teen Wolf, um, and then AT and T was in, involved in that one too. So I I think what's fun about what we do it's so visual and engaging that once. When we do an event like Super Bowl, a lot of people see it and they say, oh, I want to use it here and I want to use it here. Um, I'm trying to remember how we first got in contact with them. I mean, we, like any company, we do a, a million different types of marketing, whether it's email campaigns or going to conferences. And we're very lucky that we have clients at most big conferences. So we've never paid for our own booth. We have clients at CES and South by every year. So I think that's been very beneficial for us
1: because I saw you at CES one year and I got to um, play tennis sort of with Roger Federer I Mm -hmm. got to you know he hit a ball that I threw to him I think is how it worked and obviously I shared it on social media How, how important is that is that sharing element you know what sort of numbers do you generate with people sharing these experiences
0: Yeah, um, user-generated content is so valuable to brands, right? Because I'm gonna pay attention to what my sister shares over that dress following me around the internet and the banner ads, you know? Uh, So that has been really important to our uh, consumer-focused brands, so Adidas, Lexus, et cetera. Um, But then we also do things for, uh, you know, some healthcare companies, showing how a medical device works. Um, they're not as concerned with the social sharing. It's more kind of being able to teach someone how it works and show all the different features. So um, I'd say it depends a little bit on the client, but definitely those consumer brands, it's, it's super valuable.
1: Without wanting to put you in a position of potentially upsetting some of your potential clients, what's your favorite type of activation for the company? Either for your team to work on or for you to be proud of as a company, not necessarily your favorite individual activation that you've done, but what, what's your favorite type of area to be involved in, would you say, at the moment?
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say I'm, I'm so excited about our software that our clients are using themselves. So we have, you know, I, I mentioned we, you know, in all these experiences we would run into this issue of, okay, well we need a high quality 3D model of your product to create a hologram out of it. And no one had these. Um, and so we said okay well you have a CAD file usually that's like your manufacturing drawing but it basically is, is just the 3d shape it doesn't look pretty yeah um, and so what our software does is it adds the materials and textures and makes it look great and it's ready for a game engine which is what you need for all AR VR yeah. and so uh, this one client we're working the jewelry client um, you know they have over 800 pieces so would you look at something like that, there's no way you could hire CGI artists to recreate all of these. So um, they've been—they started using our software a year ago. Uh, have created all 800 pieces, you know, in 3D now, and they've got uh, holograms in 75 stores, so you can virtually shop through 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 holograms in store. Wow. Uh, and then we're also using the content on their website, so you can have a more um, so you can literally look at every aspect of that ring or bracelet. Um, And so I think that is super exciting because we're kind of just enabling this technology to be faster and more accessible to these kind of mid-sized companies that couldn't have it before.
1: So obviously innovating this new product line with the software to sort of feed in content so you can use in your holograms more broadly. How do you think about innovation within the company? Obviously you and your co-founder are technical by background. So how do, what does that look like in terms of running the company? Is it is it very much a, you're an innovation company coming up with solutions? And does it help having a technical founder, do you think?
0: Uh yeah, I think it, it definitely helps having a technical background. You know, I, I I say I know enough software to be dangerous and hire the right people. So uh and you know, I I'd say it's industrial engineering, um, so being able to understand the manufacturing aspect. Um I think that's super helpful, but I think the most important is really listening to your clients and understanding their root problem um, and solving that. And and that's really what we've done and, and how we've been able to grow so quickly You know, over the past six years is we, we just listened to who was paying us and what they needed and how we could solve that.
1: Yeah. So that's where your innovation comes from is continuously solving client problems and coming up with new ways of doing it that makes it easier for them and for you.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: So. As you have a technical background, but you're also now running a real company who have got lots of clients and real revenues, how do you manage your the balance between wanting to get involved in the tech and needing to run the business?
0: It's a great question. You know, I think in in the beginning, Ben and I were building everything and doing everything, right? And then your next important job becomes HR because you have to hire amazing people and grow a team. Um, And then it's you know. Financing because you're either raising money from venture capital or you know financing in, in different ways. You know, there's all types of options these days. Um, so yeah, I would say most of my number one job is to grow the business as fast as we can. So my focus, I kind of have like four bullet points, and I'm like, if it's not one of these four, someone else should be doing it. Okay. Um, and that is, you know, clients. So business development, larger partnerships. Um, investors and, and looking at how how we want to grow that way um strategy and, and growth and that's kind of part of the the focus on the software as a service which is uh you know much more scalable than um the services business today but the services business today is profitable and the cash engine that's allowing us to grow in the software um so that's kind of how i set my day but it's hard <laughs> did you miss the technical stuff I mean, I'm still I'm still very much involved in the uh, strategy side of the software and where we're going. Um, You know, we have an amazing team, so I'm happy to say that our software developers are way better than I could be at that. So I want to keep hiring people smarter than me. So, so how many people have you got now? Uh, We've got twelve full time. Uh, we're trying to hire four more people like yesterday. So if there's any great engineers or salespeople out there, please go to our website. <laughs> um, and uh, we've got about 50 contractors trained on how to install our equipment. So uh, that's been great, because like, this year we've had two events in China and, and two in Mexico, one in you know, Miami. Uh, we were able to just call on our contractors to do that. No full-time Ventana people had to go, which was nice. So talking
1: of the global growth, so when I was in government, we my job was to try and encourage American companies to invest in the UK. So we used to say to you, you should open an office in the UK. Um, and you said, well, we're still growing, let's see what happens. Um, so going back to that, what, in terms of where you're getting your clients from and where you're looking to go, are, you, are you're delivering in all over the world. Are you still, is a client still just US clients or are you now getting clients from all over the world as well?
0: Um, clients are from all over. Uh definitely. I mean, Adidas is one of our, our biggest clients and they're in Germany. Um, I would say, I know when, it, when you said that to me, I said, well, if we have enough clients in London, then I'll have an office there. Cause that'll make sense. Um, I'd say, you know, our next location we're looking at is really New York. I mean, one of us is in New York every other month, um, just because of the number of clients there, because we work in the advertising brand space and that's, that's really an epicenter. Um, but, you know, we continually do more and more in Europe, but as well as Asia. So it's kind of figuring that out. And
1: actually one of the things that's so appealing about your product is when you see it, you know, it's visually amazing and it's all very clever. Uh, and obviously that's what appeals to the clients and appeals to their their customers and the public. In terms of sort of global take up of this, when you're demoing or even when, the, when you're doing real activations, so sort of how far ahead is, say, America in terms of Comfort with this technology than than other parts of the world. You know, do you still get the same wow factor in America as you do in other places? What, what does that what does that look like globally?
0: Yeah, I'd say we we definitely do get that wow factor. It's fun. I think the hardest thing we do is try to show people what we do on a computer. Right, yeah. we send them a video. Okay, oh, that's cool. And then they come into our office and they're like, "This is awesome," you know, or they go to an event. Um, so we're definitely still getting that that wow factor. Um, but then again, you know, it's it's really that data piece and the software at the end of the day that that's the reason it's not just a one-off. It, it's we you know turn these into three-year contracts like Lexis, Um because it's really about that back end.
1: So, w- what what happens next? Not so much for Ventana, but in, in the industry. I and mean, obviously, because you've got a technical background, you'll know of you know innovations that are being played around with at uh, universities and by the companies who are investing very heavily here. What does your space, this this hologram space, look like moving forward? And what, if hardware that people are promising comes in, how does that change everything?
0: Yeah, I mean we're we're at a really exciting time. So you know the the next generation of phones coming out this year will actually have four or five cameras on them um and that's to do much better spatial tracking so what that we are so excited about that um and that's one of the reasons we're we're licensing more and more of our software because you can imagine being able to hold up your phone and try on a ring and see that ring on your finger yeah. um so that's you know what this new hardware is is going to enable so we really see the future of retail in augmented reality you know the e-commerce is already taking up you know 10 percent of that market um and mobile AR is gonna help that grow significantly because you can actually do, you can do virtual try-ons at home, which is incredible. Um, you know, Magic Leap is finally here. It's finally uh, on the market. You can get one. It's still expensive. They're $3,000-ish a headset, um, but it's still very exciting. So I think that will hit uh, industry first. So like, you know, the Boeings and Northrop Grumman's of the world who wanna use it for help with manufacturing. And they can afford those, um, but you know, as the cost of those continue to come down, it'll it'll change, and uh, that's really the, the immediate future. And then far out there, we'll we'll have light fields, really like Star Wars, but we're we're far away from that at the moment.
1: <laughs> so, tell me what three things are on your mind when you when you come to work uh, in the morning. What what three things are you are you thinking about for? For the company, whether that's technical or personnel or business-wise, what are those sort of three things at the top of mind?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're um, hiring people right now. It is a big focus. Um, we need, as I mentioned, like front-end, back-end developers, Unity developers. All, you know, unemployment's very low. It's hard to find people right now, so yeah. that's that's a top one. Um, the the next is is growing uh, the software revenue. So. Uh, getting, you know, moving a lot of our clients from, um, you know, this turnkey solution business to a a SaaS business. And and we've been very successful so far Um, And just making sure we're setting them up for success, uh, that it's easy for them. Um, And then the third thing I would say is, you know, just continuing, you know, the relationships with investors, making sure all of our our you know financials are put together we do board meetings once a quarter and making sure you know everyone's caught up on on what we're doing
1: yeah now on on the hiring side in terms of if you think about where you were when you graduated from from usc in terms of the quality of the graduates coming through now who've lived with some of these technologies in the way that augmented reality is something that everyone can get hold of now are you impressed with the quality of the of the young people coming out of universities and the, the sort of people you're able to hire in relation to what you thought you knew with the technologies back in your day
0: i I think it all depends on the person I don't know some people uh you know we always look for those people who I don't necessarily care if you went to Stanford or Yale but I want to see your portfolio of work and that you've experimented and, you know, tried to build things on your own, you know, especially from from an engineer job perspective, like that's more important to me than uh, a transcript. Um, and so I, I think it depends on the person. Some people, you know, got to connect when they came out and built something random and fun just for themselves. And, and those are the types of people that, yes, I'm super impressed with and want to hire. Yeah. So.
1: So, um, this is an area I always struggle with a little bit as a, as a middle aged white man talking about this sort of stuff. But um, uh, the sort of the women in tech piece obviously, you are a very successful co founder of a company. Um, I know that I've invited one of your female colleagues to be on panels that I've done about women in tech. Um, what's, your, what's your view on where things are for women in tech nowadays, and, and how strongly is it something you feel about this?
0: Yeah, I mean, I try and do a lot of volunteering in the space to encourage more women in tech. Um, I do a lot at at USC in particular, Uh, and it was pretty amazing. Um, Last year, the freshman engineering class was 46% women. It was amazing. When I graduated, it was 18%. So (laughs) um, that's been amazing to see. So, you know, if people say they're not in the pipeline not true. We, we are getting you know, now almost 50-50 engineering graduates from USC in particular. And I know UCLA and a number of, of schools um, are also doing much better. Um, so I think it's a matter, you know uh, the Society of Women Engineers has done a lot of research on then why are women leaving tech? Um, and a lot of it comes down to culture uh, in, in workplaces and, and maybe not feeling comfortable um, and so I think it, it's really important and so the more we show examples of women in tech um, and the more we have an open conversation about what makes a good culture uh, for a diverse workforce I think is extremely important
1: So on, on that, not necessarily related to women in tech but just in terms of Ventana, you know, it's your company what is your corporate culture? What's it like for somebody working at this company?
0: Um, We always say our culture is adult, uh, right? So, you know, we're not like the work hard, play hard startup, like, I don't hate that. Um, Like we're adults, like we communicate openly and honestly, we all know what projects need to get done. We give people autonomy to get their own work done. Like, no, we hate micromanaging, like if I have to micromanage you, then I might as well just do it, right? So we, we give people autonomy to run their projects. And then because of that, we have an unlimited vacation policy. So, you know, you need to go to the doctor next Tuesday. Yeah, I I don't want to be your mom and tell you yes or no. You can go, right? Yeah. Like everyone, you know, is adults and manages their time, uh, and you know we're we're building awesome fun things and developers get to go to places like Comic Con at the end of the day, so that's fun too. <laughs> so you
1: don't have cartoon characters uh, named after your meeting rooms in some of the way that some other companies I've visited do.
0: Um, I will say what we found out is. Uh, Pretty much everyone here is like an artist on the side, like no matter like back end developer or whatever everyone like loves art, so um, we've literally told people like you can paint on the walls if you want, do whatever you want like th- this room like tell me what paints or whatever like whatever tools, and go wild so uh, we're we're fun in that way, I guess yeah,
1: very good. <laughs> so um, here's a question where. It's up to you how you answer it, of course. is well, Give me an example of a, a company, not Ventana, uh, but another company you've seen in this space who are doing something that's clever and impressive and uh, gives you sort of pause for thought about how they're using immersive tech in the broadest sense.
0: Yeah, um, so I recently met Meow Wolf uh, and they're doing some incredible things. So they started out as an artist collective uh, in New Mexico and built this amazing like immersive space uh, and you pay for a ticket and you can just go in and yeah, wander I've seen it. you incredible. have yeah and, and it's just incredible it's it's so cool it's like you're walking into like Narnia or, or somewhere um, and I know they're opening up uh, two new locations uh, and I can't wait to visit and and I just think you know obviously a lot of people are, are moving towards this location-based business model because as we mentioned, the headsets are still expensive and so uh, that's kind of a way to get the general consumer interested now, um, but I think the way they're doing it is, is just really cool and exciting. So
1: on the location base, when you go to any shopping mall, certainly around here, and there's one 10 minutes away from us where we're doing this interview where they're building out these new experiences, you can walk with the dinosaurs and all that stuff. Is that good for the industry more broadly that this stuff is becoming so much more accessible and VR, AR, holograms, it's not some futuristic technology, it's something that a good percentage of the population are now getting access to on a regular basis.
0: Definitely, we're so excited that more people are getting the opportunity to test out the technology. Uh, Like we always talk about, it, it was like a real turning point with Pokemon Go, which was such like the simplest AR game, when you think about the AR tech behind it, you know, you hold up your phone and you see a dinosaur. Um, But after that, the level of understanding when we went to these brands to talk to them about what we were offering um, was just huge. It was like people understood it and got it. Um, And so just the fact that like now kind of location-based gives more of the mass market this opportunity is only going to help the industry grow quicker and also of course provide revenue to finance content in these games that are then you know played there so
1: great now one last question so um given that you've given us your time very generously today so the question would be if you could have 30 seconds to tell somebody why they should use Ventana's technology um what would you say to them
0: um I would say we can help you engage consumers in a way that you've never done before um, while tracking data to quantify that engagement. And we can help you get your product to market faster and cheaper with our software. So you can have a virtual 3D version of it on your website, mobile AR or other AR VR devices, which we truly believe is the future of retail.
1: Brilliant. Ashley, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Reality Show. If you enjoyed listening, please be sure to subscribe and please leave a review. You can also find us on social media at Reality Show Pod. Ask questions, leave comments and even suggest ideas for future guests.